1: again to get into it came from the radio the official show of the Big Apple Con. This is your host Mark Torres Speaking. With me via social distancing we have the Life with Jenner G's Jen Elise Feldy.
0: Good evening and morning <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh it covers everything. What about afternoon?
0: No. No afternoon. <laughs> Just beginning and the end. We'll skip the middle
1: <laughs> on on this week's show we're going to have our Pronto Comics, Dominic Definition Man, uh, Dominic Spirano, uh with his comic pick of the week. We hopefully should have our senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino, with his movie pick of the week, in theory. And we have another Jaybird and Lee segment. Um, but before we do that, we have to take it away with the news. The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, of which we are the official radio show of celebrating over 25 years of pop culture and comic book stuff. For more information, go to www.BigAppleCC.com and check when their next convention will be. Hopefully it will be sometime in the year 2020, but most likely it will be in 2021. Also want to give a shout-out for our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grillo, Newly released award-winning director Jared Burrell, Two Sentence Horror, Kyle Horn, Millie Portes, Newsday famous Dresden Media, Unji Kun, Shadow Rabbit Art, and The Huracan at a convention in a church in Long Island. Uh, if you want to get your own little shout-out, go to www.patreon.com, look up at came from the radio in the search bar, and just for $8, you can get your own little shout-out. But we also have other things, such as you can get a, a question, to be asked on a, a show, um, you get to be a guest on a show, you get to have a evening with Dominic uh, Sperano, you can go to all the best comic book stores and uh, bars in New York City, 21 and older, and our newest level, which is for well, $15,000. I almost said twenty. $15,000. What do you get? $15,000.
0: You're going to die with co-host Jenny Smiley, consisting of two prepared and cooked meals along with the recipes by her and from her *Tease to live a life guidebook, a personal training workout session for you and a friend at her personal gym in addition to all the perks.
1: So is that right? It is right, but I'm like, how come you never say my instead of her?
0: Because I'm reading. <laughs> I'm reading off the paper. <laughs> like,
1: Why? And here I thought you knew.
0: I don't know anything. I
1: don't know.
0: I just love the boat, alright? I'm just hoping you let me stay in the country. Go Biden. <laughs>
1: okay. Uh, so let's start off with the news. going um, to start off with the sad news. So actor Richard Hurd uh, recently died from cancer. Richard, ah, oh, that's funny, right. Richard, yeah. Richard appeared, <laughs> and, you know, you're so mean to people time.
0: I think he should be grateful that we're talking about him, <laughs> what many people wish to be talked about,
1: uh, not in this segment,
0: okay, maybe not
1: um, I
0: hope not bear jokes about my death when I die. That's what that's one of my wishes.
1: Okay. Alright. So, so
0: not honored in the way I'd want to be honored.
1: Alright, fair enough. Richard appeared in such movies and T V shows as Hercules in New York, All the President's Men, The China Syndrome, Private Benjamin, Deal of the Century, Transers, The Original V and its sequel V: The Final Battle, Summer Rental, Planes, Trains, and Automobile, Gleaming the Cube, Corporate Affairs, quantum Leap, Sergeant Bilko, Star Trek Voyager, Confessions of a Pit Fighter, Anna Nicole, Dog Days of Summer, Star Trek Renegades, and Get Out, just to name a few. Um, I just remember him from V because that was a groundbreaking show at the time. Um, were you old enough to be around when V came out, or you don't? Were you there?
0: Uh, I don't know. I was born '84. You tell me. Was I around?
1: Uh, I'm gonna say you were probably just popped out in, in, a, in diapers and a, in a pacifier when I had. I think it was a uh, mid eight, mid '80s was when it came out, so you were you were right around then. Um, basically, V uh, and they made a remake uh, of the show like five years ago. It wasn't as good as the original, but they tried really hard. Um, It was basically aliens coming to the planet in a way that hadn't been done before. And they were in disguise and they became your friends, but they were actually evil aliens underneath. And it was a a thinly veiled Hitler Holocaust Jew thing.
0: This is actually how my boyfriend views me. He thinks I'm an alien and the Hitler Jew thing is talked about. And I'm here from another planet here yeah, sure. That's actually my relationship
1: right now in his eyes. So So it was it was it was groundbreaking television for what it was, and it was like concentration camps, but it was all with an alien theme, so it made it okay. Um actually the writer was like he wanted to do something like that, but because you can disguise it with aliens and sci fi, it made it more accessible for the for the general audience. It was really good. It it it, it petered off at the end and they made a series out of it. Um, but the actual mini series movies it was really good. The special effects at the time were amazing and that 's how I remember him from. He was a great actor in it he was the 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 head of the aliens um so yeah it was it was it was big uh, he was a spry eighty seven <laughs> Now, uh, that's it for the sad news because we only had one bit of sad news this oh week.
0: Oh, God. I always feel like I'm crashing a funeral every time we do this sad news. You know, we have wedding crashers, and you don't know anything about the people in the wedding. And I don't know – I usually don't know what's going on about these people in the funeral. And I feel like I'm crashing, so I'm glad we're done with this.
1: Well, that's why I always mention who they are and what they've done. But um, I remember we talked about a couple of weeks ago that you wanted a happy news.
0: Yes. About
1: people being born. So for, so this is for our Just for Gen happy news. Beautiful. This week marks the 80th personal New Year birthday for none other than actress and singer Carol Demas. She was born on May 26, 1940. Um, Carol Demas for, for my generation, uh, she was a star of a little show called The Magic Garden. It was on a New York show. And it was in a – like a kid's program, kind of like Romper Room or like a Sesame Street type thing, but it was with live people. Um, we've had her on a show. She's a guest. Uh, she is an amazing person. But on top of that, she was an amazing singer. And I didn't know that because they sang songs. There they they were two teachers at the time. That was, that was the story. They were two teachers. They made a little show called The Magic Garden. And she was a performer, and I didn't know that until many years later when I met her and interviewed her. Um, she was the original Sandy on the production of Grease. Like that was her first. You know, she, she that was her. Wow. On the Broadway production of Grease. She was that. She that was her.
0: The OG Sandy.
1: Yeah. So huh. this is before the movie. This is before you know the original Broadway production. She made that character. That was her, and. She invited us because she has um, concerts, many concerts in her house. And she invited myself and a uh, senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino. We went to, to her house and she performed in her house. And she, and that was like, oh my gosh, she can really sing. Like she has the voice and she's, she's 80 now. So she was 79 when we went in there. And the thing about her was that I asked her, you know, we, when we asked her about her, her ability to sing. She's like, you know, in the old days, you didn't have microphones. So you had to be able to project your voice to the other end of the auditorium. That's wild. I could never do that. So she is like the real OG singer. She has that voice. Like you can't you know, the the singers today, the talent today, can't hold a candle to something like that.
0: That's just cool that she had you guys in her house. Did you have to take a COVID nineteen swab before you walked
1: in? <laughs> no, this this is before this is before all. This was last year, and actually I actually emailed her, and she's doing fine. She's safe. She is uh, protected from a uh, from that. But uh, it was just really really cool, and they're such nice people, and it was such great you know just seeing them, and so it's happy that she's still alive and kicking, eighty years old, eighty years young.
0: Yeah, eighty years young. I was just saying, I don't really see. 70s and early 80s is old anymore.
1: No, not at all. And mm-hmm. it's it's funny um we all, I always joke about this with our senior correspondent Charlie Saladino. We've actually mentioned it on the show that when we went up there, you know, so Charlie is our senior correspondent, but when we went there and he was interacting with them, at one point in time he was rambling on and um her her partner, uh, Paula Janice said, Charlie, if you stop talking, I'll tell you something. And Charlie, just, and Charlie just went zoop. Like, in my mind, I just saw Charlie de-age to like a little kid. Right. In right. front of her because she was the elder and he just whoop. So, like, it was so weird that Charlie got 50 years younger in my eyes.
0: Yeah, respect your elders. You know, everyone has
1: an elder. But it was so—it was us. It was—it was—it was so weird to see it, and and I, and I tease about it all the time. So the next time you talk to him, or even listen to the show, you mention that to him. He'd be like, "Oh my god!" So yes, that's that's how happy news. Happy birthday. Happy personal new year to uh, Carol Demas, born May twenty sixth, 80 years young. So many more years to come. So let's move on to the other news. From the It was censorship, but not in the way you think, department. On Netflix, fans noticed a small, tiny, tiny edit to the film Back to the Future 2, wherein the scene, Marty McFly, played by Michael J. Fox, conceals an adult magazine in the future almanac at the center of the film's story. Originally showed the slightly racy cover of a magazine titled Ooh La La, which, in the edited version, the magazine cover was edited out of the shot. Um, Writer Bob Gill responded, saying... The blame is on Universal, who somehow furnished Netflix an edited version of the movie. I learned about it from 10 days ago from an eagle-eyed fan and had the studio rectify the error. The version running now is the uncensored, unedited original version. The version in the theaters. Um, apparently this was a foreign version which neither director Bob Semeckis nor I ever knew existed. For some country had a problem with the Ooh La La magazine cover. I asked that the studio destroy this version Uh, FYI, Netflix does not edit films. They only run versions that are supplied to them, so they're blameless. You can direct your IRA at Universal, but I think they will be a lot more careful in the future and with the future.
0: There's nothing really offensive about that cover. I I mean, I hope the people that are offended on Instagram, two out of three posts are more offensive on Instagram than that.
1: Well, I mean, it's it's weird. it's, It's that censorship that certain things... Our offense to certain people. Just like I was telling you, we talked about this before, about how I didn't know certain things were dirty until it was edited out. So, um, one of my all time favorite movies, um, The Naked Gun, Uh, there was a scene in that movie where uh, Leslie Nielsen is looking up uh, a ladder where Priscilla Presley's on, and um, he looks up, and she's wearing a skirt, and he says, Nice beaver. And she comes down with a stuffed beaver, and she says, Thanks, I just had it stuffed. And that in and of itself is hilarious. I thought that was funny. Very funny. So then yeah. when they aired it on, uh, on network television, in that part he goes, nice one. And then she comes down, thanks, I just had stuff. And I was like, I don't get it. Why did they change the line? Right, 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 right. And that's well, when I realized.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, so it's one of those things that you know censorship can be a bad thing and actually can be worse than just letting it go.
0: True. The Naked Gun series was classic.
1: I love that. Yes. I, I saw all of them. So um, the ire was that, oh, Netflix, how dare Netflix edit stuff. But no, it wasn't Netflix. It was Universal. They just sent the wrong version. Good job, Universal.
0: Oh, wow. Well. Small, small piece. Not a big deal. It was,
1: if, if you're a social media follower, it was a huge, huge deal that they edited one scene a tiny little smidge. It was crazy. For for that small amount of time, it was crazy. Well,
0: uh, social media is very reactive, and they react to everything, and they have a problem with everything, and I have a problem with almost nothing. So that's where I stand, and that's where the reactions are going to be. All right. Fair enough. Hashtag, I don't care. Do what you <laughs> want. And you know what? If you're deciding between me or Trump, you ain't black. Is that, a, is that it, offensive? Because that's the next future president, possibly. It,
1: it, can, it can be. I mean... Everything's offensive to somebody. That's, that's all. I'll, I'll leave with that. True. Uh, True. Moving on. Uh, speaking of fans, from the I Guess They Did Have It After All department, Warner Brothers has announced that on their new HBO streaming service, uh, they will, in fact, release an extended and unedited version of the 2017 film Justice League known as the Snyder Cut sometime next year. This comes out after years of saying that that version didn't exist. Zach, the uh, director, says, I want to thank HBO Max and Warner Brothers for this brave gesture of supporting artists and allowing their true vision to be realized. Also, a special thank you to all those involved in this hashtag Snyder Cut movement for making this a reality. Uh, for those of you who do not know, Justice League is supposedly the answer to Marvel's Avengers film because they're DC Comics and Marvel is Marvel Comics. Uh, DC, because they saw all the money that Marvel was making, decided to rush in and try to get all the superheroes together without uh, making separate movies for all the characters, which Marvel did, in hopes of making a big bag of money. So DC and decided to get Zack Snyder to be there, the guy in charge, and he had a vision. He made um, Batman vs Superman, and it wasn't very well received. But the way movies are made, he was already making Justice League when Batman vs Superman came out. And they had a negative reaction. It was, it was panned by the critics. People were upset with that. So Warner Brothers said, hey, we want you to start making changes to this film. And they had originally announced it to be a two-part film. And at the time, it was a good idea. But then as the negative backflash started to happen, they're like, well, maybe we shouldn't make it a two-movie deal, make it a one-movie instead. And during all this time, Marvel had also announced that Avengers was going to be a two-part movie. Avengers Infinity War, which is part three, Avengers Endgame, which is part four. Um, Marvel decided, hey, we're just going to say that it's not going to do part two parts and just keep it at that, although they lied completely. That's how it went, and it was well-received. But this movie, they was, it, was, it, was, it was on a negative from the beginning. So at this, during this time of the movie was being filmed, and it was getting negative backlash, and the Batman vs Superman was out and getting a negative backlash, um, the director, Zack Snyder's daughter, died. I think she committed suicide. Oh. So he had to step away from the project.
0: That's why?
1: I yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so he had to step away from the project. So wow. then they brought in the guy who made the first and second Avengers movie, Josh Whedon, to bring in his Avengers "quote unquote" magic to this to this hodgepodge of movie. Mm. So they had to bring in reshoots, and they had to throw in more money, and they had to make edits. And so, if you actually watched the Justice League movie, did you actually watch the Justice League movie? Of course not. It it uh, it has two different feels. Like you can tell what parts were one director. And one part was the other director, because one director was kind of a more happy-go-lucky guy, and the other one was more dark and serious. So the tone was, was all over the place in the movie. And in, in, in addition to that, there's more. The reshoots came at a time when a Superman actor, Henry Cable, was, was on um, doing uh, the, the Mission Impossible movie. So in that film, he had grown a mustache. <laughs> And uh, Warner Brothers like, hey, we need Superman to not have a mustache, oh my God. so can you have him shave the mustache off to be in our movie, and we will pay you to CGI the mustache on? And Tom Cruise and Paramount are like, no, we're going to have him keep the mustache and you CGI the mustache off. What? Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's a lot of work.
1: So the end result is that the CGI wasn't that good. So you can also tell when the CGI was used to get rid of the mustache, and it makes it worse. So it became this whole big mess of a mess, and it cost them three hundred million dollars to make this movie. And that's just to make the movie. That's not including promotional and all the other stuff that they say. So, in essence, it probably cost them a billion dollars to make this movie and put it out there and all this stuff. It only made $657 million in box office worldwide. So, that means it was a flop. The, one of the biggest flops of all time based on how much they made to to make this movie.
0: It sounds like a bit of a flop, yes. I just want to for the mustache. I mean, now I really want to see it. I can see CGI mustache.
1: I can, I'll can. i actually send you a picture. If you go online, you can see it. It's, it's really bad. Sounds
0: awesome. <laughs> um, I love that. I love to see mistakes in movies. <laughs> I like them better than good movies.
1: Well, I mean for for what it is, it's fun, but in this situation, it's not fun at all. Like this was just a hodgepodge of mess. And so now they, they got the new guy to to make the hodgepodge of mess. But throughout the years people have been saying that that the movie was finished enough so that they could have made the other guy's version. But Warner Brothers is like, nope, it doesn't exist, it never happened, not going to happen. But people, some of the actors and people are like, yeah, it does exist, you can show it. And years and years later, now they're going to show it. They're going to throw in some extra money and they're going to do it. So that's interesting. Extra
0: money, even more
1: money. Yeah. So executives say, <clears throat> at the end of the day... It is really all about the fans, and we are beyond excited to be able to release Zack Snyder's ultimate vision of this film in 2021. This could never have happened if it wasn't for the hard work and combined efforts of the team at HBO Max and Warner Brother pictures. Thanks to the efforts of a lot of people, we're excited to bring the fans this highly anticipated version of Justice League. This feels like the right time to share Zack's story, and HBO Max is the perfect platform for it. We're glad to the creative planets align, allowing us to hashtag release the Snyder Cut. <sighs> of course, it has now been heavily rumored uh, that Warner Bros. is going to spend an additional 20 to $30 million for CGI and music, but no additional reshoots. So whatever was filmed is actually going to come out with new CGI, and it's going to be out there. Um, to put things into perspective, Avengers Part 3, and as I mentioned, uh, Part 4, had a budget of $316 million, and Part 4 had a budget of $356 million dollars each and those films combined made 4.3 billion dollars <laughs>
0: wild wild i feel like i just went to comic book university <laughs> you know, that's what you are you're like my comic book mentor i think i learned more from you than i learned at american university
1: <laughs> i should i should i should have a class of comic book stuff
0: <laughs> hey you brought a money start school
1: it's um <laughs> Like, this whole, it's it's a big mess, and, like, if you're a fan of this stuff, it's it's really crazy and wild and how it comes out. But if you're not, like, you're like, eh, it's just a movie, whatever. It's funny how that is.
0: Do these fans get upset? Are people actually upset and like having a hard time digesting their breakfast over things like this?
1: They, they. I mean, some of these fans really do. I, I can say it with impunity that some of these fans are are. There's, there's been arguments and fights over this version of the film and how it's gonna be. It's gonna, you know, save the DC franchise because the DC has been a big mishmash of of films, they with no clear vision. And it's weird because now it kind of. Retroactively changes things as That's in production now But who knows But yes The fans are Really on On, on, on track with this Like Some of them are, are, so, are so Passionate about it That they, they Turn it to negativity As you mentioned On social media And they Actually chase people Off of social media Because they're so Passionate And, 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 and About what they see It's wild <sighs> um,
0: D- DC Comics is a mess The DC is a mess
1: Yes State of government, is <laughs> this? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, speaking of films coming out, from the speaking of state of the government, we've got movies to make department. Director James Cameron has announced that filming will resume on his planned Avatar sequels in New Zealand starting next week. Executives say <clears> our <throat> Avatar sets are ready. And we couldn't be more excited to be headed back to New Zealand next week. Um, Avatar 2 is a first series of four planned sequels. They debut every December through 2020, uh, 2027. And it's scheduled for a December 17, 2021 theatrical release. So it's far enough away that it's not being affected by the coronavirus. But they need to get this movie done. And as you may or may not know, Avatar is the second highest-grossing film of all time. And it actually had beat out... Just it had just gotten beaten out by um, Avengers Part Four, and did you actually see Avatar?
0: You know, I never saw it. Man, was terrible! I know, I know, I know. I'm watching the same movies over and over. I've seen Fight Club a million times and Zoolander. I just keep watching what I like, and then I don't end up watching anything new. That's my problem.
1: Wow, all right. Um, so, Avatar, in and of itself, as we were talking about it, uh, this off off before the show. For the time, it was an amazing thing because of the CGI and whatever. But the movie right. itself wasn't that good. <laughs> By no stretch of the imagination, that, it wasn't that good.
0: That seems to be a divisive thing. It seems like
1: there's 50-50 on that, no? Uh, or is that you? I, I mean, yeah, it's a 50-50, but like I said, people say that the movie was good because of what it was at the time. The CGI was, was uh, head above hands above everything else at the time. And it was such an immersive experience that they actually said that people were having withdrawal. Yeah. Because the movie, like, cause they couldn't live in that world. What? <laughs> because it was such an immersive experience with the, with the special effects and the 3D and how immersive yeah. it was. I got to tell you, like, it was really amazing, the, the 3D and, and the special effects. I get, was Hands down. <laughs> and it, and I, I haven't seen that movie in a hundred years. So I don't know if, if it even holds up to now. But at the time, it was a big deal. And the fans, like I said, the fans were really into it.
0: Uh, well, I, I just think it's smart for James Cameron to shoot New Zealand. He's probably like, where do I want to go? Let's spin the globe. Where do I want to go on vacation? Okay, we're shooting the next movie and not uh, New Zealand.
1: The next four <laughs> okay. movies. Yeah. Um,
0: why New Zealand?
1: Well, 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 to answer your question, because New Zealand is cheaper to film in. Oh, uh,
0: well.
1: Oh, thank you, you, wise one. Yeah. So it's usually Canada and New Zealand are the two best places to film. So if you're a local, lower budget thing, you go to Canada because it's cheaper. But if you fly down there and make your sets and everything down there, way cheaper in New Zealand. And they give you like discounts for using locals and you get get the best deal if you're a big budget uh, production. Interesting.
0: Yeah, Canada I knew about. There's a show Lost Girl, which is kind of like Buffy like a brunette Buffy ever see that show I have cool. not
1: see look at that I have not
0: yeah it was pretty cool I actually watched it twice it used to be on Netflix it's like Buffy huh. and it was produced uh, in Canada I believe
1: well then wow. see look at that see you, you see you see stuff
0: yeah I see stuff I see some stuff
1: um speaking of seeing stuff moving along moving along from the holy how about that Batman department Actress, and speaking of Canada, also, actress and star of the series Batwoman, currently airing on the CW, Ruby Rose has announced that she would leave the series before the show's second season. This comes after a multitude of negative press directed to. And coming out of the production, ranging from fan backlash, as we mentioned before, poor ratings, poor critics' reviews, all the way to Ruby herself being badly injured so bad that she required surgery from a stunt gone wrong. They said that the surgery almost paralyzed her. It was that bad. Um, Ruby says... I have made this very very difficult decision to not return to Batwoman next season. It was not a decision I made lightly, as I have the utmost respect for the cast, crew, and everyone involved in this show. I am beyond appreciative for not only being given this incredible opportunity, but for welcoming, welcoming me into the DC Universe they have so beautifully created. Thank you to everyone who made this season 1 a success. I am truly grateful. <clears throat> Executives. On the other hand, say, Warner Brothers Television and CW thank Ruby for her contributions to the first season and wish her well and all the best. The studio and network are firmly committed to Batwoman's second season and long-term future and we, along with the show's talented creative team, look forward to sharing its new direction, including the cast of a new lead actress and member of the LGBTQ community in the coming months. Uh, Upon further investigation, citing multiple unnamed sources, it has now been reported that Ruby left the show due to, quote, long hours required of playing the series' lead, which led to unspecified, quote-unquote, tensions between the actor and the production. What I find, yeah, go ahead.
0: It must be a lot of work, but I just think it's interesting that they're going to keep the gay quota, so they're also going to cast another LGBTQ actress, it seems.
1: Yes, that's exactly right. They, they decide... The
0: gay quota? Is that a
1: thing? That, see, that's the thing. So it's weird that if you you notice what Warner Brothers says, it's like we're going to double down on our show and we're going to go in a new direction because, like I said, the ratings were bad, the critics' response was bad. So they're saying they're going to double down on the gay part of it. And go in a new direction, but they're still going to cast a lead actress who is gay, because obviously only gay people can portray gay people in movies, television, and production. Which, if you think about it, is actually not acting. Right,
0: right. We Batwoman's gay?
1: Is that a thing? Batwoman is gay. The character in the comics is gay, so they decided to go with a gay person to...
0: I mean, I'm a little gay, so I have nothing
1: against it.
2: I'm just very curious. That's,
1: that's my question. You know, yes, she, she is. And like, and like I said, the fans were not happy about that because Batman was like a, an old character they brought back and then they turned her gay or they said she was always gay or however that goes. But then they decided when they're going to make the show, will make it a gay character. But then, as we, we were talking about this uh, on a previous show about how there's an agenda and if you do it in the right way, it's not an agenda. So like when I was talking about how she And she became gay wasn't a crucial part to the story. But in this show, from what I understand, because I've only seen a little bit of it, which wasn't that good. um, They were pounding down, you know, that she's gay and gay women are better and women are better and this and that. And they were just pounding it down. And they were they were going against the the fan base, essentially, which are dudes who want to see, you know, Batman.
0: Right. I think everyone's turning gay because of the EMFs. Have you heard that theory that 5G turns you gay?
1: I I have yeah. not.
0: Maybe that's why everyone's turning gay in the last decade because of the EMS.
1: Is is that is that what's happening? The EMS is turning people gay. The internet.
0: Yeah, according to the internet, that is what's happening, yes.
1: <laughs> and and we know if it's on the internet, it must be true. I,
0: I mean, yeah. Uh, where else are you gonna get your information?
1: <laughs> we get it from us. <laughs>
0: yeah from us exactly.
1: <laughs> Don't listen to the internet, listen to us, which get our information from the internet <laughs> <laughs>
0: we're on the internet too <laughs> We get off the internet to be more credible
1: <laughs> yes yes it's just well, signals. just, just people false. who show up for a live show that's it yeah,
0: live shows only
1: oh man that's a whole that's a whole different thing um <laughs> moving on to to the final bit of news. <laughs> Uh, from the, it probably was censorship, but not in a way you probably think department. A little play on words that time. Uh, YouTube, of all places, speaking of the internet, has taken down the Michael Moore produced documentary, Planet of the Humans, in response to a copyright infringement claim by a British environmental photographer. The movie, which has been condemned as inaccurate and misleading by climate scientists and activists, allegedly includes a clip which was used without the permission of the owner, Toby Smith, who does not approve of the context in which the material is being used. Toby says, I went directly to YouTube rather than approaching the filmmakers because I wasn't interested in negotiation. I don't support the documentary, I don't agree with its message, and I don't like the misleading use of facts in its narrative. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Um, The complaint comes from the use of several, quote-unquote, several seconds of footage from Toby's rare earthenware project detailing the journey of rare earth minerals from Inner Mongolia. In response, the filmmakers denied violating fair usage rules and accused their critics of politically motivated censorship. The filmmaker says this is an attempt to take down our film and prevent the public from seeing it as it is a blatant act of uh, censorship. By political critics of *Planet of the Humans*, it is a misuse of copyright law to shut down a film that has opened a series of conversation about how parts of the environment movement have gotten into a bed with Wall Street and so-called "quote unquote" green capitalists. There is absolutely no copyright violation in my film. This is just another attempt by the film's opponents to subvert my right of freedom of speech.
0: Mm. Well, I don't think anything should be taken down from YouTube. That's where I stand. I say I keep everything up. And if something's offensive or something's too crazy, let the public deem it as crazy and just ignore it and stop censoring things.
1: Um, I agree with you on one hand. But on the other hand, the, the part of the, the copyright uh, strikes that they use is that if you're using other people's stuff to make yes. money off of it, that's where I see that the copyright will come into play. So for example, if um, we did a show and we used music from somebody else, and we're making money on those videos, then the person whose music we're using, if we didn't ask them for permission or pay them to use it, should also get some type of money. Yeah, that I'm okay with. But YouTube uh, is like, nah, we're just going to take down your video and nobody makes yeah. any money.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that I'm not okay with. But it seems like, or at least this, might be the copyright claim the filmmakers are saying that that they're just being... that. Ah. <laughs> that basically, it's been taken down under the guise of a copyright claim. That's what the filmmakers are saying. Correct. That's not actually right.
1: Correct. So that's that's. I think that's. Um. I mean, if the guy did have his pictures in there, and it wasn't you know free use, which I know that um, there's there's laws that you can use a certain amount. Of other people's stuff yeah. in your right in your movie or in your product, as long as it's for documentary purposes or news review or that kind of thing. So even if I make a documentary about uh, something that happened, I can take uh, actual news footage or even parts of movies or TV and put it in my film as long as it's a certain time, and um, and say what it's for, then you're okay.
0: Yeah, so, so you think. But I feel like they can just come and get you or anything lately.
1: Well, that's, that's the whole thing. That's, that's the whole thing about this. Like, Even, even, if, even if they're right. And, and, and the whole thing about us, at least on our show, that we're not very political. I try to stay away from the political aspect of it. So not, not saying about what the movie is about, but in and of itself, if somebody had a few seconds of stuff, even if it was or was not under fair use, the fact that the entire movie was pulled and right. the fact that the guy specifically did that because he didn't agree with the film in and of itself right i think that's wrong
0: it's fishy can't they just blur it out or leap or X out a few moments
1: they could just edit it out but that's the thing like in, in 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 this in this mention like they say it's just several seconds that's what the complaint is so it's not like He's complaining that they used a whole bunch of it. He's saying they use a couple of my pictures in this movie I don't believe in, so the whole movie should be taken down. That's completely different than what we were talking about in a previous episode about uh, Tommy Wiseau, where they were talking about more of his film and they were giving a negative connotation of it. This yes. is different. This is just a, a, a snippet of images, and he only wanted it taken down because he didn't like the movie it was in.
0: Exactly. He's asking to destroy the entire movie instead of cutting out a few seconds. That sounds like a crybaby move.
1: And, you know, it it might be in his right to say, hey, I don't like you using my stuff in your film in this way. But there's ways to do it, and I think he did the underhanded, shiesty thing to do. Definitely. And maybe he felt because it was the underhanded seen do because of the movie's content that he felt that he couldn't talk to them, then they would be like, oh, screw you. But I think there's a certain way to do things, and I think he went about it the wrong way.
0: Yeah, I think you should always talk to the person directly, and that's, that's always my thing. The only trouble I've gotten into in the world is when people saw what I did and then didn't talk to me, and if they just spoke to me face-to-face, everything would have been resolved. But Instead, they go crazy.
1: I mean, I mean, we've actually talked about this uh, off-air. Like, yeah. like, if somebody, if you had made something and you saw it on there, so let's say somebody used a clip of your videos of, or of your movies of your performance and put it in their movie and made money off it, how would you react to that?
0: I mean, for me, I just think it's funny. <laughs> I like to see things exploited. That's just where my mind goes. And it's like, ah, whatever. Have fun. If you're having fun, uh fine. But if they maybe were trying to push uh, eugenic cleansing in a sense where I can't support it, you know, some type of Hitler narrative and using my images, perhaps I would be a little upset.
1: But what would I you do? Know. Would you would you be like, go directly to, the, to YouTube and be like, hey, take it down because you're using my image? Or so would I you would. talk to them?
0: Yeah, I would talk to them first. And if they were then... It, just terrible people to deal with, then, then I would go forward, I think, and I would try to have them removed. Cause that's, that's my thing. Couple strikes, try to talk to someone like a human, show respect, and if you can't get through to someone, and I tried, I tried, I tried, then I throw in the towel and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna destroy you now. That's just how my mind works.
1: Right. So I think that by doing it this way, it actually paints the guy in a, in a, in a bad light. Yeah. And, and it's funny. It yeah. Like, it's funny because if, if he's in the right, which he which pretty much isn't, but if I mean, he doesn't want his stuff used, fine, great, whatever. But the fact that he went this way, it actually gives more credence to the film, which people are complaining about and, and criticizing because of that. And it brings more attention to it.
0: True, it brings more attention. Just talk to people directly, that's all. Especially with this de Blasio and people snitching on parties. Why don't you just go to your neighbor and just be like... Maybe say something. You don't have to call the snitch line and text pictures of your neighbor having, oh, more than three people over. Don't snitch. Snitches get snitches, and this guy
1: snitches. Aww. Oh, really? You couldn't, you couldn't make it without cursing? That, that one's not going to say it. I said
0: snitches get snitches.
1: That's not that's what like, you said.
0: No, I did. I said snitches get snitches. That's the phrase.
1: Okay, that's not what it sounded like.
0: Is snitches a bad word?
1: No, no, The the other thing. The no, fe- no. The female dog. No,
0: no, no. I did not say that. That's not the phrase. But I can say that if, if you <laughs> want. <know.
1: laughs> Please do not.
0: Okay, that sounds good. Yeah. No, no, you're
1: safe. you are safe. All right, yay. Yay. Editor's happy. He's going to do a happy dance.
0: <laughs>
1: so that's it for the news. Um, it's it's weird how that all, all goes down. But, uh, yeah. Um you have any final thoughts before we take our commercial break?
0: Everyone drink lots of water and rest. And keep what is useful, discard what is not.
3: And if you have a
0: problem with me, say it to my face, don't go to YouTube and don't go to my parents or my neighbors or de Blasio. Talk to me directly.
1: Because the Blasio has the inline for you. Basically. All right. So that's it for the news. Uh, we will be going to take our break and we'll be right back with It Came From The Radio.
0: I will be right back. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at Hotmail.com.
3: Comics and Games are Baldwin the place to go for your comics and gaming needs we are now doing home delivery in Nassau County because new comics are back so if you want the latest comics back issues comic book supplies or magic cards please call Chuck at 516 763 1133 for details you can also contact us through our Facebook page that's Cosmic Comics and Games 516 763 1133 thank you and stay safe sword of omens come to my hand I, Lion-O, command it. Hi, everybody. This is Larry Kenny, the voice of Lion-O on Thundercats, and you're listening to It Came from the Radio.
4: Hey, guys. This is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christie Inc. K R I S T Y. Text me at 631-606. 816...
0: This is Carrie Steller from In the Girl's Corner, and you're listening to It Came From the Radio.
3: The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot Club membership is $15, and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup, because new comics are back for more information give alan a call at 516 221 the comic book depot
0: hi this is amy joe johnson writer director from the film the space between and you're listening to it came from the radio
1: now back to our show and welcome back to it came from the radio the official show of the big apple con this is your host mark Torres speaking um, as has uh, happened in previous shows, uh, I am picking up the picking picking up the slack for our senior correspondent Charlie Saladino with his quarantine movie pick um, this week. I say you guys should go check out Predestination. It is a movie starring Ethan Hawke. Um, it's based on a book. I forget the name of the book, but if you go watch the movie, look it up Wikipedia. It'll send you right to the book's information. Um, it's a high-concept time travel movie. What I do have to say about it, makes it interesting, is the thought process that goes into it, and they really don't explain too much. Um, it has a big old couple of twists in there. And as a fan of Time travel movies, you kind of look for these things, and I still was taken aback by a couple of them. Um, what is important about it is that you have to give this movie some time. Because it did start off extremely slow, like super slow, but it was necessary so you can understand the characters involved in the movie. That was, I think, the highlight of it, is that when you invested so much time in their characters, you actually can feel for them, and then understand the motivations and stuff that happens later on. Um, For a time travel movie, the time travel doesn't really happen until much later in in the movie, except for a brief moment in the beginning. But it was more of an interesting story, and I thought that's why I recommend this movie. So it was a great uh, character development movie, not too much action, very high concept, tons of time travel, and then when it gets to the time travel, you really got to pay attention to follow the lines of what's going on, and then like I said before, the twists and turns were, were uh, pleasantly unexpected. Um, I actually had to stop and, and think about what just happened towards the end before f- continuing the movie. Um, you guys can uh, look it up as a place that I've been mentioning before 2BTV T-U-B-I, uh, TV. Um, it was free so you can watch it there or uh, obviously if you have any other places to watch it you can watch it all in those places as well so I suggest you guys go check out Pre-Destination with Ethan Hawke if you're a fan of time travel movies um, I would think that this is probably the second most thought-provoking time-travel I've ever seen. Uh, The top one will be Primer, which uh, if uh, Charlie Saladino needs me to pick up the slack again, I will talk about that in a future quarantine pick. But, um, yeah, so if you like high, 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 high concept, uh, if you like time travel, if you like good character development, and it did have some interesting um, story points, which I think... Uh, help convey the character's motivations in the movie. So, um, I highly recommend it. Check it out. If you love time travel, love all this stuff, go take a look and enjoy. And uh, if you watch it, send us a message and uh, let us know what you think. If you liked it, didn't like it, what you thought about it, if you figured it out beforehand, if uh, you couldn't get through the movie because uh, it wasn't uh, enough time travel, it was too much character development, it was too boring, So any of those things, just let us know. And um, with that, we're going to take our uh, break, and we'll be right back with more It Came From the Radio.
3: Hey, ghoulies, this is Demon Boy, and you're listening to It Came From the Radio.
0: (laughs) Now, back to our show.
4: Hey, this is Jaybird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today, we're going to talk about if we had a superpower, what it would be, and what we would do with it.
2: Ah, that's pretty cool. I like that idea. Um, last time, we spoke about if which superhero character we wanted to be. This time, we're going to talk about if we had superpowers, what we would do. All right, very cool. What um, which, what would you be? Well, what did hmm, you want to... That's
4: hard. Of- I think I would want to control things with my mind, like maybe, or... Um, it's hard. I would probably either do time travel, um, or like can be able to manipulate people with my mind.
2: You want to or manipulate move things people with my mind. So you want to manipulate people? Yeah. Into doing what?
4: <laughs> into doing anything.
2: Into doing anything. <laughs> like, what would you want them to do? Uh,
4: I don't know. Maybe robbing a bank for me
2: (laughs) robbing a bank oh my gosh so you're like a super villain yeah
4: i'd probably be a villain
2: oh man you know that's um well why don't you uh you could do teleportation and you could zap into the bank grab all the money and zap back oh yeah
4: oh or invisibility
2: Invisibility. there's
4: so many good ones like those are my top five i think that's five i don't remember how many you said i (laughs) said i don't
2: know what you said either you said uh teleportation reading people's minds
4: um, invisibility, teleport. Wait, you said teleportation? Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, so is
2: that
4: three? What, what about <laughs> no. flying
2: or bulletproof or?
4: Oh, those would be cool, but like, I mean, honestly, I don't really want to fly. I could use a plane. Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll do. ai don't need to.
2: You don't need to fly, fly on my own. <laughs> oh, okay. So you rather go through the long commute and lines at the airport instead of actually just jump and fly. You
4: said teleportation.
2: Oh, that's true. I could teleport onto
4: the plane and then teleport off the plane. I guess that's true. Or I could just teleport from one place to another. Like, Like, from, I don't know, from New York to Asia.
2: (laughs) You know, there, there was a movie called The Fly, and in The Fly, this guy invented a teleportation device, and... A fly got into the device and it merged with his DNA and he became a human fly.
4: Oh my god, that's horrible.
2: Yeah, it was kind of gross.
4: Ay, that's... Mm. In case you guys <laughs> want to
2: watch it, it's called Jeff. It was uh, The Fly with Jeff Goldblum.
4: Ay, I would not want to watch that.
2: Oh, yeah, it was pretty <laughs> bad. Hmm.
4: So what would you do?
2: What would I do? Uh, let's see. You know, I used to think about that in a way where I would be like Professor X and have the teleport... Not teleportation, read minds and telekinesis and all that kind of stuff, which would be cool. Um, yeah. But I kind of like the healing power and the Wolverine style of life where... Um, oh, yeah,
4: that is cool. The
2: anti anti... anti what the heck was that stuff um oh my gosh i can't remember what it is um so his super strength strong steel anti-manner i don't remember what it was called (laughs) oh well all right but you know i would like the healing um aspect of things plus the ability to um you know just kind of live forever i think that would probably be where i want to be and stay young
4: i mean the live forever and stay young i feel like that's cool but like then everyone you know would die like everyone you know everyone who you're uh who you like, like, your family, your friends, they'd all die. And you'd just be, be around there it. forever. And, like, wouldn't you go crazy eventually?
2: Well, I guess there's a lot of people in the world you can make friends.
4: Well, yeah, but what if the world ends one day?
2: Like, and you and you live in the apocalypse yeah. with nobody around?
4: Yeah, then you'd go crazy.
2: <laughs> kind of like that Twilight Zone we just watched, right? Oh, yeah. Where we watched there this guy who was a, a bookworm. It was Burgess Meredith, and... He had these, uh, really Coke bottle glasses and he would, uh, you know, always want to read, but then the apocalypse happened.
4: Yeah. He survived because he was in the bank vault and he had like, he didn't, he wanted to do, all he wanted to do was read, but he was like, he thought he was going to go crazy cause you know, well, cause there was no one around, but then he found the library that his glasses broke.
2: Yeah, it was pretty tragic. He was <laughs> I surra- felt
4: so bad for
2: him. <laughs> he had all the time in the world and he couldn't it, it, to read, and he couldn't do it because his glasses broke.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, anyway. All right, guys. Well, I think that's uh, us on superheroes today and our special powers.
4: <laughs> yep.
2: <laughs> all right. So uh, tune in next time.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: All right. And uh, to Jay Bird and Lee. And stay, stay safe. Stay
4: safe and healthy. <laughs> stay
2: connected. See you.
3: Bye. Hey, this is Brimstone, and you're listening to my boys on It Came from the Radio. Now back to
0: our
1: show.
5: Hi everyone, this is Pronto Comic Zone Dominic Sperano, and it is once again time for my comic book pick of the week. Of course, that music can mean only one thing that today I am talking about.
0: Bond. James
5: Bond. Specifically a book called Ian Fleming's James Bond 007 Permission to Die. This is an interesting book because it is not related to the movies per se in that they are that it's a comic book novelization of a movie it's an original story written and illustrated by Mike Grell now it's a little old the story the story the the comic uh came out in about 1990 1991 but it's still pretty good and let me read you uh what it's about bond has been charged with locating and rescuing a reclusive scientist's niece in exchange Reclusive Eric Wizzidio, uh, it's spelled W-I-D-Z-I-A-D-I-O, who knows how to actually say this, has agreed to hand over the blueprints to his newest invention, an economically affordable satellite launch system to the UK government exclusively. Now, if you're a big Bond fan like I am, you might be wondering exactly where this fits in to the previous stories and the movies and so on and so forth. Um, according to jamesbondfandom.com, it serves as a follow-up of sorts to From Russia with Love, as it features several characters from that story, as well as referencing that it took place several years beforehand. But the book takes place in 1989, so it can't quite be in From Russia With Love. In other words, you'd have to take the movie From Russia With Love that came out in 1962-63 and update it to, like, 1985, essentially. Um, But if you understand that, yeah, 1963 is when From Russia With Love came out. But if you understand that and you can adapt to it, which, if you're a James Bond fan, really should not be a problem, right? There have been six, seven James Bonds. It's constantly, like, a recurring theme, the movies until Daniel Craig were not really that sequential. They were little, but not that. Every new actor became a new era and was essentially a new James Bond. I do love the um, the sort of idea that James Bond is really just the name, and it gets just and the, and 007 is the designation, and it just gets renewed by new agents over time. It's you know that one of those fan theories. Although I think my favorite. James Bond fan theory is that he's a time lord and he just regenerates. That's pretty awesome in my opinion. So the book definitely reads like a James Bond uh movie and has the feel of the Sean Connery era movies that were produced by uh Albert R. Broccoli and Harry Saltzman uh to to some degree. But I got to give the artist uh and writer credit that he doesn't just go around trying to draw uh Sean Connery everywhere it's a generic James Bond you know C- certain build certain features definitely the dark hair but it's not modeled off of any specific actor you know it's just James Bond it's not trying to be Sean Connery James Bond it's not trying to be Roger Moore James Bond it's strictly James Bond and there's definitely the feeling that the whole story is taking place within the Sean Connery context you're going to see Uh, Dr. No, Jill Masterson, even uh, Tracy Bond as a cameo, you know, like just art cameos, essentially. Things that Bond is thinking about, reflecting on his past. Um, So to that effect, it's almost right, I guess, within the tail end of the Diamonds Are Forever phase. Uh, Because if Tracy Bond is in the book, that means that you're, you're at least referencing the George Lazenby. So Roger Moore... And Timothy Dalton and everyone else who ever played Bond really not in this concept, not that style.
0: Shocking. Oh. Positively
5: shocking. Now to give you just a little bit background on how the book was made and the production of the book, Permission to Die is the second and final James Bond comic published by Eclipse Comics and Acme Press. It was written and illustrated, as I said, by Mike Grell, and was published in three volumes in 1989. So it unfortunately wasn't a big long run of James Bond comics. And if you're like me and never heard of Eclipse Comics before, here's what I can say about them. Eclipse Comics was an American comic book publisher, one of several independent publishers during the 1980s and early 1990s. In 1978, it published its the first graphic novel intended for the newly created comic book specialty store market. Uh, How many times have I spent time in a comic book store? It was one of the first to offer royalties and creator ownership of rights, and the first comics company to publish trading cards. So it really was quite a, a defining company for its time. It's unfortunate that they're no longer around. Uh, Creators whose early work appears in Eclipse publications include Chuck Austin, Donna Barr, Dan Brereton, Chuck Dixon, James Hudnall, Scott McLeod, Peter McGilligan, Tim Truman, and Chris Ware. Veterans published by Eclipse include Steve Englehart, Don McGregor, Gene Colan, and Mark Evanier. The company published Alan Moore's series, Miracle Men. So, quite a notable company. You know, you definitely would want to take a look at this. Uh, and funny enough, friend of the show, Todd McFarlane, was the one who was able to acquire the intellectual prop, the intellectual property from Eclipse Comics. But getting back to the book and what I think of the book, um, as a James Bond fan, I enjoyed it. And if I didn't enjoy it, it obviously wouldn't be pick of the week. I, when I was a kid, truly loved the Sean Connery and Roger Moore Bonds, um, particularly Sean Connery. Sean Connery was my favorite Bond. I do like Pierce Brosnan. I do like Daniel Craig. um, But obviously, just by when this book was made in the 1990, in 1990, 89, 1990, um, they weren't on the scene yet. Bond was in that sort of uh, hiatus. So, sorry, but, you know, no, you're not going to get the feel of Pierce Brosnan or Daniel Craig in this book. You don't have to worry about me. So if you're a Bond fan and you would like to get this book, you have two ways you can get it. You can, of course, always get anything and everything from Amazon.com, or you can also go to MyComicShop.com and get James Bond 007 Permission to Die. Like I said, I recommend it, especially if you're a Bond fan. I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. So pick it up and give it a try. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's pick. Please remember you can go and check out my own personal webcomic at fishy sarcasm.com. You can become a Patreon of the comic. It's only $1 a month. It's the least expensive Patreon out there. I promise you that. Also, please go and check out prontocomics.com. We have plenty of comics for download. And always remember
4: world domination, same old dream. Our asylums are
5: full of people who think they're Napoleon or God. So be safe and be healthy. Take care.
3: Having fun on It Came From The Radio. Me, Greg Berger, also.
1: Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on It Came From The Radio. Join us right here and every week on this radio station. If you missed any part of this show. Tough! Go to our website, www.itcamefromtheradio.com. Listen to your archives. will be up any week or so. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, check us out on Beyond the Dawn Studios. And we will see you next
0: week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.